Percy Jackson is about to be kicked out of boarding school again, and that's the least of his troubles. Lately, mythological monsters and the gods of Mount Olympus seem to be walking straight out of the pages of Percy's Greek mythology textbook and into his life. And worse, he's angered a few of them. Zeus's master lightning bolt has been stolen, and Percy is the prime suspect. Now Percy and his friends have just 10 days to find and return Zeus's stolen property and bring peace to a warring Mount Olympus. But to succeed in his quest, Percy will have to do more than catch the true thief. He must come to terms with the father who abandoned him, solve the riddle of the oracle, which warns him of betrayal by a friend, and unravel a treachery more powerful than the gods themselves. Percy Jackson, The Lightning Thief by Rick Riordan. Welcome to the Loveland Libcast, the official podcast of the Loveland Public Library. Welcome to another young adult book reading edition of the Loveland Libcast. We'll have to come up with a catchy <laughs> name for these <laughs> for these episodes. Joining me as always is Becca from the teen department. Becca, welcome back as always. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. So as you heard in that introduction, we are talking Percy Jackson, The Lightning Thief by Rick Riordan. <laughs> we, I think. <laughs> we, we, uh, we are not sure how to pronounce this author's name, but that is the book that we're going to talk about today. And we'll start off. I have some interesting, well, <laughs> to be determined if they're interesting, <laughs> but these, this is a little background on Percy Jackson, The Lightning Thief. This is part of a series called Percy Jackson and the Olympian series. And it contains five books. They're all written by Rick Riordan. And this is the first one in that series. And these are targeted towards middle schoolers or tweens. Middle grade. Yeah. And so this is a little different than the other YA that we've read because it's a it's a younger audience. But this is a big series, very popular, translated into a lot of languages. So it's globally popular. Made into a movie. That's right. There are two motion pictures from this series, and it's also, I believe it's going to be a Disney Plus series. That makes sense. I saw that. Yeah. I think that that's in development. So The Lightning Thief came out in 2005, and as I said, this is part of the Percy Jackson and the Olympian series. Rick Riordan... Is that... I'll just pronounce it different every time. <laughs> Riordan. <laughs> oh, Ricky. Rick Riordan has also written The Heroes of Olympus, which is a sequel series to this. And then he has also written The Cain Chronicles, which focuses on Egypt. So this is Greek mythology, the mm-hmm. Olympian series, and The Heroes of Olympus. The Cain Chronicles focus on Egyptian mythology. And he is also, I think his most recent series is called Magnus Chase and the Gods of Asgard, and that's Norse mythology. So he's really kind of found his, yeah, his mythological wheelhouse for young adult books. Just a little bit about the author. He taught middle school Greek mythology. I don't know Mm. if that was, you know, like a unit in one of his classes or if he he focused on that but i that's where his background comes from and knowing these things and then this book the lightning thief and then percy jackson the character and the olympian series all came from 
he was telling his son Greek mythology stories as kind of a bedtime stories. And when he ran out of myths, his son asked him to keep going. And so he just created this character. Cute. To, yeah, to interact with Greek gods and mythological creatures and heroes and all of that kind of stuff. So it really, in its inception, started as a middle grade, middle school, because his son... Yeah. yeah. A little bedtime story. Yeah. Cute. Yeah. And, and that was his experience as a teacher. And then... His son had been diagnosed with ADHD and dyslexia, which plays into the Percy Jackson character. So that's kind of where that originated. And when he started turning this into a book, he had help from middle schoolers. I don't know this for sure, but presumably from the middle school he taught at. (laughs) I would guess so. (laughs) That he must have given them the story or maybe the, the book, but... They gave him input on the story. So he kind of had a little test audience of middle schoolers and they helped him develop the title. So the lightning thief Mm -hmm. and then also Percy Jackson's sword. I think that they helped name that and kind of create that riptide, right? Yeah. Okay. So that's a little bit of background (laughs) into (laughs) Percy Jackson, the lightning thief and the Percy Jackson, the Olympian series. And... Becca, let's start with your spoiler-free review and who you think would love this book. I really liked it. I would give it four out of five stars. I don't usually read middle grade books, so it was cool to check that out. I liked that it was funny, and I like Greek mythology. There are some parts that kind of bugged me. I feel like they talk about ADHD and dyslexia like a lot, which is cool because then kids who have that can relate to it. It was just like, they really hammered it a lot. (laughs) So I feel like that kind of distracted from the story. Yeah, I thought it was cute. And I'll probably read the next one. And my son, who is nine, also read it at the same time. So it was really great because we could discuss it. His review is, it's the best book ever. It's amazing. I like it because it has mythical creatures. Read it. That's a quote from him. (laughs) Uh, But it was great. He is, he loves stories and he loves books, but it's hard to get him invested enough because he also has ADHD, (laughs) so he could relate to that part. But yeah, it's hard to get him really sucked in enough to look forward to reading it every night. So that was really great. I think that's part of why I liked it so much. What about you? I I, I guess I would also give it a, four out of five i really try to put myself because i don't you're a grown man middle grade yeah i'm a grown (laughs) man and this book is not meant for me i'm not the audience i don't have children so i'm also not sharing the experience with anyone who's this is more geared towards but yeah it was fun you can kind of see some of that stuff especially knowing that his son was diagnosed with ADHD and dyslexia. Like you were saying, it really is in the story. So I'm sure that that was a a personal element that he was including. And then there are also moments that are kind of teaching, like you're learning about different Greek things and mythology. And so it has that kind of funny, oh, a teacher is definitely sneaking (laughs) (laughs) this this information in there. And as an adult, it feels a little awkward. But Yeah. yeah, it's... When you read it through the eyes of someone who's, you know, 10 to 
14 or, or however it may be. It's a, yeah, it's just kind of an action-packed thrill ride adventure using Greek mythology. And there's a lot of, you know, cool moments. And it's taking a protagonist who has a rough life and then, you know, kind of becomes someone who's very heroic and cool. And it, I mean, it's pretty obvious to me that the success of Harry Potter, Mm -hmm. I'm sure, contributed to this being published and yeah. it has it hits a lot of those same kind of beats and and tropes but this one is not only including you know the greek mythology but yeah seems seems like it's targeted at a younger audience than even harry potter maybe and it's not it's not as long as any yeah. of the harry potter books so yeah especially if you're middle grader if you're a 10 to 14 or maybe 9 tween um, yeah tween then You'd probably really, really like this and have a lot of fun. And, you know, there's little cliffhangers and it's twists. Yeah, twists. Which I guessed one, like toward the beginning, (laughs) I guessed one of the end twists. (laughs) And I told my son and that it was right. And I feel bad that I like spoiled that for him. (laughs) Whoops. Well, I as a person who doesn't really... I don't know. I feel like spoilers is just this thing that we invented in the last 10 years for people to get (laughs) angry about. But it's like it's in the telling of us. You know, it's like you can know Greek mythology, but having someone tell it to you or experiencing a story or a a retelling, it's still enjoyable. Yeah, exactly. And even if all of the, the same notes or same story beats are hit, it's all in the telling. So maybe... You will have converted him to a not caring about (laughs) spoilers. I care about him. I hate spoilers. I don't know if you remember this, but I did totally call, and I'm a grown man bragging about (laughs) (laughs) predicting Percy Jackson, but I totally nailed who his father turns out to be. You did, but early on. it, It tips you. There are clues. Anyway, yeah, so we both like this one. Great for tweens, middle graders. Would you read the second one? Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) I honestly, I would probably only keep it going for family bonding. That's a big thing. If I had, if I knew, like if, if one of my nephews was into it, I would read it along with them to Mm. to be able to talk about it. It's very breezy experience as an adult. You can just get through it. And yeah, if you can share that experience with a younger person, then it's probably a lot, a lot of fun. Yeah. Now I think it's time to go to that certain <laughs> <Special> place. place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so join us, if you will, in entering the spoiler zone. Spoiler zone. Now we're in the spoiler <laughs> zone. We're on the other side. <laughs> we got here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, it's tough. It's uh <laughs> It's, it's our own journey. Well, we'll have to write a book sometime about <laughs> <laughs> entering. The yeah, zone. getting to the spoiler zone. So this is the spoiler zone now. If, welcome. Yeah, welcome. If you are a middle grader or an adult who might read this and cares about spoilers, pause, stop listening now. Go read. Yeah, we are going. Back. We are going to spoil everything that we want to. So you've been warned. Fairly warned. Be ye says us um (laughs) so we're gonna get to our five questions about percy jackson lightning thief and i will read the first question to you becca cool 
which reimagined god or goddess was your favorite and why? I always loved Medusa. I have a soft spot for her because she has such a tragic backstory. It's awful. And she's just trying to live. But my favorite was probably Dionysus. Is that how you say it? Mr. D. Yeah, Mr. D. It was just really funny because <laughs> in every other thing I've seen him in, he's like living the dream. Like he has wine and parties all the time. And then in this one, <laughs> he's just some dude that like, if you saw him, he'd be like, oh, yikes. So that was <laughs> fun to see. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> what about uh, you? It's kind of funny. He doesn't necessarily interact with a ton of gods or goddesses. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of it's characters. a lot of like yeah mythological like the creatures yeah. or yeah. the sort of like Chiron or what's the, the what's the has a very similar sound there's even a joke about it Karen Karen yes <laughs> and those they kind of get more shine than the gods are sort of alluded to more yeah um, but they're busy yeah they're they're always busy. I don't know. I kind of like Ares. He was, mm, yeah. <laughs> he had a real attitude, and he would make Percy angry. Just, yeah, that was cool. He just had an angry aura about him, and he was a biker guy, and he was kind of also a little bit cowardly. It seemed <laughs> yeah. a lot of talk. Yeah, but he was funny and obnoxious, and the way he was depicted stood out to me. So, yeah, yeah he was also cool. with Ares, yeah. The Lotus Casino was there to lure in kids and teens with games and trap them forever. What do you think about this critique on modern life? What do you think would be used to lure in adults? That part was interesting to me because it, it didn't really explain the purpose of it. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't really connected to any kind of myth or anything. I read it's from the Odyssey. Okay. I've never read the Odyssey though, so I don't know. Okay. I guess that does make sense. But it didn't make a direct. Yeah. No character mentioned. Oh, this was Odysseus and his men, or <laughs> yeah. you know, it just it just sort of happened. And it slowed down their journey, but on accident. Yeah. Or not really purposefully by anyone. Yeah, they couldn't. I they, don't know. They couldn't tell how long they had been there. Yeah. It did kind of seem like an adult saying these frivolous things are not yeah they're kind of a waste of time it almost felt like because it was very you can play video games or vr or it was skeet shooting from your balcony i think yeah and i was like well that There's sounds giant very water dangerous <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and yeah and it was all about playing yeah so i think the the critique was was just sort of you're gonna miss what you should be doing if you're getting sucked into these Things. screens yeah screens and i mean this book is from 2005 so it's only gotten worse <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> and i think what would be <laughs> people people who were tweens reading it back in 2005 are adults now <laughs> so it would be the same stuff i think Just yeah like, things that are fun and if anything it feels like today you know, it's almost the commentary reads a little more cynical because it's like, don't have fun. And it's yeah. like, well, most of us are just trying to figure out how to have more fun. <laughs> I just want to live my life. <laughs> yeah. Being trapped somewhere where you get to do water slides and screens and stuff. Why not? Yeah. Or yeah. May maybe, you know, being outdoors or something would be better. But just have, yeah, having the opportunity to 
have fun. Yeah. <laughs> seems... It's pretty solid. Yeah. Seems seems nice. Like, really, the only downfall is forgetting about people you love. Sure. I don't care if time goes really quickly if I'm doing something I enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'll stay there forever. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, obviously, there's some truth to it. I have video games for sure that I feel like I played it for five minutes and it's like three hours later. <laughs> oh, I should go to bed. Like, how did it get that late? Um, so video games would for sure work on me <laughs> yeah. since they already do. And I think you're right about adults, just anything cool. Also, having unlimited money is super yeah. solid because I think that's what stops us a lot from having fun if we go to an arcade we'll leave when we run out of money far earlier than we would leave if it was free. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I think that the critique that really still, you know, it's it's true in the Odyssey, it's true in this, and it's it'll always be true, is just sort of letting pleasurable things distract you from important things. Yeah. And getting lost in them to the point where you forget what you should be doing or need yeah. to do what's and important yeah that's just sort of a a tale as old as time yeah and a song is old as <laughs> time flies when you haven't fun. that's right <laughs> all right so the god Ares says he loves america he calls it the best place in sparta what does he mean do you agree with his assessment of america why or why not i really liked this part <laughs> i thought it was interesting to say that and i'm sure it upsets some people but i agree with it i think he just means that america's pretty violent we'd rather we're involved in a lot of the wars that are around and sparta is known for like being warriors so i think i think it's a good point i agree that's how i interpret it as well that it's a society where yeah there's there's kind of a starts with a revolution kind of thing yeah um and so that there's kind of conflict and tension and that can have good results but it also always has bad results too and so yeah i think that was just kind of a way for the author to kind of slip in you know that this greek god and there's kind of this world building about like western civilization and these gods kind of move with where Western civilization is. So he invents the stories that like, you know, Greece is just a, a point along this journey. And now the, these gods are sort of centered in America because now it's the pinnacle of Western civilization, just like Greece was back in the day and then Rome and that kind of thing. So I think it's, sort of a compliment and a backhanded compliment at the same <laughs> yeah. time that kind of makes sense just in i think just objectively anything that's at the pinnacle or you know seen as working the best or the place that is admired the most or or, or whatever it may be is is always also going to have problems too yeah um so it's uh being willing to to look at the good and the bad. And when you take it from Aries point of view, it's like, well, <laughs> how, you know, is that a, is that a good compliment or not? But right. probably both. It's probably, probably all yeah. of the above. Of the main trio's magical items, Riptide, Invisibility Hat, or Flying Shoes, which one would you want on a journey? I think the Invisibility Hat 
anything invisibility is just always going to be the clear winner because you can avoid yeah. any <laughs> situation. You can get to places that you need to go. I mean, you know, they could have used that. The invisibility hat would have solved their money problems. Or it's just, <laughs> yeah. you know, like you just get creative with the invisibility. And also it's the one that like flying shoes, you would everyone would have to hold hands and yeah that's it, true. the shoes would carry him or something and I don't know. grover made it seem like they were real hard to operate yeah, yeah it was he was kind of the jar jar binks of the, <laughs> it's like he's the comic relief and a lot of that comedy comes from being clumsy and yeah annoying Little goofy <laughs> yeah goofy, goofy guy. goofy's a, a much nicer <laughs> yeah he just could not get those the shoes even though they were very useful at certain points he didn't seem to be able to control them. and then riptide i mean it's good when you're percy when monsters are constantly coming after you these greek mythological monsters and he seemed to be very competent with it yeah. But that's a very specific use. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't it doesn't work on humans. Yeah. Which mm -hmm. one would you pick? I would also do invisibility hat. Because I feel like you were saying it can kind of cover everything that the other two can do. I mean, obviously you can't fly and you can't hurt people. But I don't think they were in any situations that they needed to fly really that they couldn't have just used the invisibility hat and gone another way. Or, I don't know, using Riptide, it seems like with the invisibility hat, you can just avoid confrontation. It's like stealth mode. Get yeah. through the whole journey. Quest. Is that what they call it? Yeah. I don't know. But you can just avoid a lot of things with that rather than get into confrontations it's sneaky yeah but also that's just you it doesn't cover the other two it's true but you could use They're it on to their own. steal money or <laughs> yeah <laughs> steal a car whatever you need Sneak to do on, uh, yeah whatever. just speaking of like <laughs> the, the, one of the things maybe this is true of all middle grade or ya that's geared towards a younger audience than teenagers or, you know, like some of the YA that's pretty much anyone, you know, even adults love mm -hmm. this, the plot hole situation was <laughs> out of control. Yes. It was some of the funny thing or just, just stuff that I was like, this is a weird, I don't know why this is in here. <laughs> there are three things that jumped out to me. The first one, the Hillary Duff reference. I was like, this is not that aging. Correct me up. I loved it so much. I mean, but was your, Finn was, was your, like, oh, yeah, what? That's what I was, when I read that, I was, I thought of, was he just like, who he are just you He just kind of glanced over it. <laughs> it would be like, you know, a reference to Tiffany or <laughs> someone. Von Dutch like, hats or something. Yeah. <laughs> Even, well, I guess Miley Cyrus, she's had a more yeah. prolific musical career, but Hillary Duff was just funny and how specific it was right, for millennials yeah and i yeah knowing that he was a middle school teacher just thinking like i yeah. wonder if he was or she was the most popular artist yeah. at the time and well now she's so yesterday yeah she's <laughs> she's so yesterday she's so 2005 <laughs> <laughs> what were the other two the this felt like an editor had read this and was like hey 
Rick, you got to put something in there about cell phones because there's this paragraph that's like, oh, and monsters can track cell phones, so you can't use cell phones. It's like a horror movie. It's a rule. You have to rule out any possibility of a cell phone. Otherwise, the story doesn't work. Yeah, it was. But it was a funny just put in there. Hello, everyone. I don't have a cell phone. And this is why. (laughs) Yeah, they won't work. Don't even try it. Let's move on. Um, And in 2005, I mean, cell phones, they were becoming more Yeah, that was like Razor phone era. Yeah, because I remember I was was in college at that point, and I remember even my sophomore year, I had a roommate. We were all going to go in on a landline, Mm. and they were like, I have a cell phone. I don't need a landline. (laughs) And I just remember that being a weird, what? Everyone needs a landline. And, but... You know, they were obviously correct that no one, (laughs) no one's going to do that anymore. anymore. And then the third thing was he, I guess Rick Riordan hates Los Angeles with a passion. (laughs) Yeah, because it was so funny. So weird. There was this part where they were just walking around and. Everything's Pers- bad. Yeah, it was like there's gangbangers and yeah, that was a bit much. It just was portraying things in this negative way, incredibly negative. Yeah, where- and that's the portal to Hades, right? Yes, yeah, there. yeah, yeah. And when they say that, they're like, "It's in L.A.," and they're like, "Oh yeah, it makes sense." Yeah, like what happened to you there? Yeah, are you okay? I should have looked this up. I don't. Maybe Rick Riordan is from New York or something, and just has a. He hate- definitely prefers that. Yeah. Because New York is just, it's funny that he goes so far out of, New York is so easy to navigate. You get used, like he just, yeah, he paints it in these, this very, and Mount Olympus is in. Yes. It's just, all right. In why, all of its glory. Why do you hate Los Angeles yeah. so much? Yay, yay, yay. That was really, <laughs> it stood out. For yeah. sure. Yeah. It was one of those things where it just did not... It made sense geographically to be like, okay, you got to cross the country to yeah. get to Hades. But when they get there and it's also... They're scared and there's there's even yeah. these kids that yeah. are going to beat him up. They almost get or, jumped. Yeah. There's this sort of... Because there's gangs of children yeah. all over LA. Watch yeah. out! Yeah, it was very it was very bizarre. But I yeah, those were the three things that really stuck out to me (laughs) for me it was mostly inflation i don't know how much it's changed from 2005 but for some parts it was really obvious to me how old it was i think it's aries gives them 20 bucks and they're like oh yeah this will help us get all the way to the end of our journey and we'll have so much food i'm like no for three of you that's like maybe two meals at mcdonald's (laughs) yeah or not meals individually but (laughs) Yeah. Two dinners. Yeah, now that you mention it, because there there was a lot of, I didn't know if that was a weird inflation thing, or if it was a, if you're in middle school, $20, oh. you would be like, <laughs> yeah. I am the richest person I know. and <laughs> That's true, I didn't think about it that way. But there are, a lot, I don't know. there are a lot of funky things, though, where it's, there's not a lot of, I mean, they get from New York to L.A., it's not a long book, but it's it feels like fast. It, yeah, it happens very quickly, yeah. and they they stop at Denver and St. Yeah. Louis and Las and Vegas, Vegas, and that's pretty much that's it. Yeah, that's the journey. 
I mean, it makes sense because if this is for middle graders. Right. They're not going to question it. Yeah. It's just, it's sort of, we're here now. Yeah. <laughs> we're, that was cool. We're moving, <laughs> we're yeah. moving west. Or I noticed in the beginning too, that it's like back to back action. And it kind of annoyed me a little bit because it's like one big fight and then whew, we got away. Oh boy. Another big fight immediately after. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Is this going to be the whole book? Are they just fighting or is there going to be a storyline? And then that calmed down yeah, toward the end. It did. If you frame that, and I could be totally making this up, but if you frame it in the sense of this came from bedtime stories or something, yeah. where you have this big action moment and then, yeah, drops off. And then yeah. it just leads right up to another big action moment. Right. But I totally noticed that too. The pacing is just kind it's of wacky. clunky. Yeah. And yeah. in, in that it does. I mean, to be totally honest with you, after the second or third one of those, I just started kind of skimming because <laughs> he's probably going to... Res- Resolve this by right. using a I riptide. think he'll win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He'll use his pin knife sword yeah. and and defeat them. And so it is, I don't know, maybe if you're in middle school. It's, and have ADHD. Yeah, the action is what keeps you. Yeah, focused. Yeah, gripped. As an adult, it was just sort of this. I wonder much. if he's going to ruin it. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> then when they get to the water park pipe. Yeah. Water park part. <laughs> That's different enough. It was unique and a unique yeah. moment. And it also tied into this, the gods having these, you know, Aphrodite and Aries having this affair. And yeah. What's his name? Hephaestus. Yeah, Hephaestus. He's always trying to catch a and so it kind of mm-hmm. like that was more intriguing to me than just a kind of a scooby-doo oh this person who's <laughs> nice to them is gonna be right. a monster oh, no. and then he's gonna use his sword to yeah. beat him yeah i i totally agree with you when describing the effects of mist chiron says remarkable really the lengths humans will go to fit things into their version of reality how is this true in real life I think that we try to use just logic and reason to explain a lot of things. I don't know. Like, if I see something out of the corner of my eye, my first response isn't, there's a ghost over there. Sometimes it is, if I'm, like, at home alone. But I don't know. I always love that theme in books. It's usually, like, adults, though. Adults explain things away when it's actually magic or whatever. There's a book I really love called Zorgamazoo. It's also middle grade, and the whole thing is written in verse. It's like a chapter book, Dr. Seuss. It's amazing. I don't know how they did it. But that's also, there's monsters, but humans, grown-ups, the kids see them, but adults just explain it away. So we're like missing out on all the fun, playful, childlike things in life because we get boring <laughs> as we get old and like... There's not a sparkle to the world anymore. So I always love that. But yeah, I think maybe it's just we, I no, think that's it. Yeah. That's all I've got. <laughs> no, that I it made me think of, I've heard that magicians typically don't, they don't like to do tricks in front of kids because kids don't have an expectation of what's going to happen. So oh. they notice things more. Interesting. Yeah. And that made me think of this because 
it's easier to fool adults because they'll have an expectation. You know, you see yeah. the thing in the hand, if it's put under of whatever you expect it to be. Yeah. And that, I think, just sort of illustrates just a cognitive kind of bias or expectations. Mm-hmm. And you see it all the time. You know, people do want, they want things to make sense. And if they have a worldview about things, when something happens, they want to explain it in a way that still conforms to their worldview. Or if they see a magic trick, they you can fool them because they have expectations, they have experience, they when this happens, this is supposed to happen. And so when it changes, it's magic yeah. for us. Even though, you know, it's really just sleight of hand or an illusion or something like that. And yeah, I do think people do want the older you get, the more you want the world to make sense. You want that logic to hold true. And so you resist new information or new ideas or new experiences that might change what is comforting and familiar. Uh, that's how I yeah. felt about. But I, I think it's it's a good question. And I think it's it's right. still something that's very relevant. And in this case, it's there's all this gods and monsters and myths and heroes fighting and doing all these things and then people you know they're like that's unrealistic yeah they say when he's he has this fight with the chimera in the st louis arch and it burns a hole in it and you know creates all this destruction and they say the news reports it as like a terrorist attack right it's, it's that thing where it's how would how could this possibly happen no one's going to say it's, oh, a chimera who's fighting <laughs> oh, yeah, a 12 year old boy. <laughs> but that's, there is that certain, you know, better to have an explanation than right. question things or wait for information or. Right. We try to explain things we don't understand. Yeah. Because humans hate not understanding. <laughs> yeah. There's, a, I don't know if Dumbledore said it. Or if it's just a quote, but it's people aren't scared of the dark. They're scared of the unknown because you don't know what's out there when it's dark. We say we're scared of the dark because we don't want to face that. (laughs) So same with this. We don't want to face that we don't know something. So we're just like, oh, yeah, I I know everything, actually. So (laughs) this is the right answer about what happened. Yeah. And it's it's those kind of moments that make this kind of fun as an adult reader and probably... Things that may stay with a younger reader is, mm-hmm. you know, say like a quote like this is is relevant and interesting to ponder, and you can make connections. And you know, mm-hmm. it comes from a a book that also has <laughs> a pin that turns into a sword and <laughs> and <laughs> a goofy satyr that has flying shoes and. Mm. Yeah. Dionysus is addicted to Diet Coke. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've gone on dissected our... It. Yeah, we've dissected it. We've completed our quest for <laughs> discussing Percy Jackson, Lightning Thief. We both enjoyed it, and especially for younger readers and someone, if you have a connection with a younger reader where you could read this with them and share that experience. We are planning on reading... Six of Crows by Leigh Bardugo. Leigh Bardugo. And we might even have a special guest join us for that conversation. 
So, Becca, thank you again for <laughs> joining the Loveland Libcast. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're very welcome. It's always fun to read these books with you. I like yes. getting to see what's going on in YA. And the last two have been big ones that yeah. I now can recommend to younger readers or readers who like YA. And we'll have a lot of fun reading and talking about Six of Crows next time around. And thank you all for listening to this episode of the Loveland Libcast. We will talk to you another time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Loveland Libcast. If you'd like to contact us about the podcast, please reach out to Daniel at daniel.tate at cityofloveland.org. That's D-A-N-I-E-L dot T-A-T-E at cityofloveland.org. See you next time.